You're listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audiocast. Our salvation, God. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for becoming the sacrificial lamb and dwelling amongst us, living a, a sin-free life, God, so that you could become the spotless lamb for our salvation, the spotless sacrifice, Lord. We thank you, God. You, you lived amongst us to show us how we should live, how we should live, God. And then you became the sacrifice, even though you saw you, you had no sin within you. Yet, you became the sacrifice for all of our sins, for every single person, every single man, even those who would be against you, even those who would not turn to you. You still died for them as well, and their sins as well. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you this morning, God. What a mighty and awesome God. Yet, he died for our sins, yet he still lives today. He is risen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. <clears throat> Happy Resurrection Sunday, everyone. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I'm going to read to you guys this morning from John chapter 20. If you have your Bibles with you, starting at verse 1 and all the way down to verse 7, I believe it is. John chapter 20, verse 1 through 7. If you're able to stand for the reading of the word, please do. If not, it is okay. And if you turn to your Bibles for me, and if you don't have your Bibles with you, Sister Shakira's got it right up here on the screen. John chapter 20, <clears throat> verse 1. It says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. In verse 2 it says, Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Verse 3, Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher, and he stopped, stooping, or he, he stooping down, he looked in, it says, and he saw the linen clothes laying, lying, yet he did not go in. And in verse 6, it says, Then come Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and he seeth the linen clothes where they lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not laying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. I want to preach to you this morning just a little bit about he's coming back. He's coming back. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Conway, would you pray for us this morning? Father, right now that you just bless the man of God today, Lord Jesus, as we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday, Lord, help us to receive a word from you today to encourage us, God, to uplift us, to speak to our hearts and our souls so that we can go and spread the glory of your namesake. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise right now. Give him some glory. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Praise God. You may be seated. <clears throat> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I thank him. Thank him every day for the sacrifice that he had made for us. Even though he was fully God, he was fully man as well. And he felt every single pain that you and I felt. And he felt and he, and he, and he even had all the same temptations that you and I have. God, Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. 100% God and 100% man as well. He felt all the same temptations that you and I felt. <clears throat> and he was even tempted by the devil himself. And even though he had the same temptations that you and I have, he still lived a sin-free life. Amen. He was the spotless lamb. Had no sin within him. Had no sin. And yet, when it came down to it, and the Pharisees and, 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 and Pontius Pilate gave the people a choice, his people, they chose, they chose Barabbas instead to set free. And they said, crucify Jesus. Crucify him. Even though he was without sin. Even though he just performed many, many miracles and wonders in front of so many thousands of thousands of people. And many of them that witnessed it. Yet they chose to crucify Jesus. Even though he was without sin. And, you know, Jesus could have called down the angels. If he wanted to, he didn't have to be sacrificed. He's God. He's one. Yes, he's 100 percent man, but he's also 100 percent God. God manifests in the flesh, as the Bible tells us. And he could have called down his angel right then. He didn't have to do that. He had he felt every single pain, every lashing that they lashed him with. He felt it when they stuck the, the crown of thorns on his head, big thorns pushed him down on his head, bleeding. He felt every bit of that, and he did that for us, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I serve a God who loves us so much that he would do that. That's what you call unconditional love right there. That is what you call agape love. And I'm so thankful. You see, and throughout history, you have all these false gods and, 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 and idols that you worship. And, and, and see, they, they, they strive for power and, and, and to be like God. But see, here we see God manifest in flesh. He came down to be, he, he lowered himself to us. And he took on all that pain. That's true love. God loves us so much, and I'm so thankful for that. That's not my message. I'm, I just had to throw that out there. Praise God. I'm so thankful, so thankful for a God who loves us that much. It tells us in the Bible, um, or in, in the Bible days, back in the Bible days, um, when someone died, it was the duty of a family member to uh, close their eyes and kiss their cheek of the dead, right? And this was back in the biblical times. This was the Hebrew tradition. And, and when Christ died, it became that duty of, of, of two men, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. And, and that's the same Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night, one of the Pharisees he was. He was one of the Pharisees who sought to kill Jesus, not him himself, but the Pharisees did. And it tells us in the Bible, and I, this is just a side note, this is not part of my message, but it tells us in the Bible that that Nicodemus, he came to Jesus by night because he didn't want the other uh, Pharisees to see that he was coming to Jesus, right? 
So he came to Jesus by night because he knew that there was something about Jesus, right? He knew that there was something about Jesus. He knew that he was of God. He had to be of God because he couldn't perform these miracles and these wonders that he did for all the people. He healed the blind. He healed the lame, the sick. He rose the dead. And he knew that he had to be of God. So he came to him by night. And, and, and when he came to Jesus, I know that he was seeking for answers. And he told Jesus, he says, I know that you have come from God because no man could do this, what you have done, all of these things. And Jesus knew that he was seeking for answers. Jesus told him, he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. This isn't on my, I don't have this pulled up because this is a, a sidetrack. I'm, I'm following a rabbit trail, but that's okay. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus was saying, well, and I'm paraphrasing here. Nicodemus was saying, well, how can a man be born again? And he was probably saying it in jest, say, can I, should I enter into my mother's womb and, and, and be born out again? And Jesus said to him, except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit. Then he said he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Except a man be born again of the water, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And born again of the spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongue. He cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, he said. And that's just a side note. That's the same Nicodemus that was left in charge to take or who went with Joseph of Arimathea to Pontius Pilate to beg for Jesus's body. So they begged for Jesus's body and then they took him down. They had to take him down to the cross. They wanted to bury him, but they had the task to take him down to the cross because somebody had to take him down to the cross. The Romans weren't going to take him back down from the cross. They're just going to leave him up there. So. <clears throat> I was thinking about this, reading this, and, and I was thinking about how they took him down from the cross because that cross is fairly big. You got a, a body of Jesus hanging from it with nails stuck through his hands and through his legs and his feet. So they had to, I can imagine, do a makeshift ladder of some sort to lay up to the cross. And here now it's just the lifeless body of Jesus gave up the ghost. They had to pry his hands off of those nails somehow. Couldn't get the nails out because you're on a ladder trying and you got the flesh. You couldn't get the nails out. You had to just pry them off of the off the nails. And I'm thinking about this and 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 I can imagine they had some type of uh cloth or something to to catch him as they pried the hands off and his body went down. And they still had the nails in his feet. So once they got, got it, his body in the, the cloth, they had to pry his feet off of it. And then they had to take the body to the burial chamber. So that's what they did. They took him to the burial chamber of of Joseph. It was a tomb, new tomb that Joseph had prepared for himself. And he washed, they washed his body 
And I can just imagine that right now, what that was like. His body laying on the cold stone tomb and having to wash all that blood away because he was beaten. He was he was beaten. He was tortured. He was crucified. They had to wash all that blood away from his body. And then they had to begin to wrap his body. They began to wrap his body in the linen cloths. <clears throat> so they took white linen and started to wrap his body in it. And I can imagine that the blood was seeping through the linen cloths. And it had to have been a difficult time. That was their savior. And here they are wrapping his body in linen cloths. And they fold his arms over his chest. And they lean over, close his eyes, and lean over and kiss his cheeks. And they place the napkin over his face. And they walk out of that tomb one last time with his body lying there on the stone. And as they walk out, I'm sure it had to be several guards roll over, roll the stone in front of the tomb. It's a big stone, heavy stone. It had to be several people to roll that stone over in that tomb. <clears throat> and I'm just thinking about how they must have felt at this moment, how all of his disciples must have felt. And I'm thinking about also how the enemy might have felt at this time. Three days, three days passed. And it's like an eternity. And I believe that that in those three days, the enemy, probably the devil, was rejoicing. And all of his demons were, were rejoicing. They got him. They, they did it. And I'm thinking about how his disciples must have felt hurt and confused and just not knowing what to do. I, th I think about the Pharisees who conspired to, to do all this, and they must have felt a sense of pride, of accomplishment of what they have done. Man, for three days, for three days. But I tell you what, on the third day, something wonderful, something miraculous happened. Jesus God that was manifest in the flesh, he rose up out of that grave. The sacrificial lamb had risen. Death had been defeated. Praise God. That third day, the third day, praise God, death had been defeated. In our text, we see that Mary comes first to the tomb. In our opening text. She comes first to the tomb, and she sees that the stone is rolled away, and she's probably, like, afraid that they've taken her, like the Scripture says, that they have taken the body, right? Because the, tomb, the, the stone was not supposed to be rolled away. So she immediately ran, and she got Peter and John, and they ran together to the tomb as fast as they could, and John outran Peter. He got there first. And John, he looked inside and he saw that the grave claws were just lying there, balled up, lying there. And then immediately after that comes Peter. And he ran right inside just like Peter would. 
he ran right inside, and he saw, too, that the linen cloths were just lying there, balled up. But he noticed something else. He noticed something else. He had the, the linen clothes that were there in disarray, and Peter arrived, and he saw that also the linen uh, cloths were there as well, but he saw something else that was unusual on the scene, something else that caught his eye, something else that was different, something else that was interesting. The Gospel of John tells us that the napkin, which was placed over Jesus, his face, was not just thrown aside like the grave cloths were. They were not just piled up like the grave cloths were. It's, the Bible takes an entire verse to tell us that the napkin, it was folded neatly. It was rolled up tightly. It was folded neatly and laid at the head of the stone. And, and you might say, is that important? What, what, what's the significance of that? And I, and I know some of you may have heard this before, but what is the significance of the napkin just being folded up? For one thing, if someone was to take his body, yes, you would see the clothes just wadded up, but they would not take the time to fold a napkin and place it by his head. And he was resurrected. Yes, the, the clothes, the linen cloths would have just fell right where they were, but the napkin wouldn't have been folded up neatly. So is this important? What's the importance of this? In order to understand the significance of the folded napkin, you've got to understand a little bit about the Hebrew tradition in that day. The folded napkin, it, it, it had to do with the master and the servant. Okay? If the master was, or the servant, as the servant prepared dinner for the master in the homes, and every single uh, uh, Jewish boy or girl would have known this tradition as well. They grew up knowing this. But as they prepared dinner for the master, the servant prepared dinner for the master. He had everything set out perfectly, just nice and neatly for the master. And the master would come, and he would sit at the table, and he would eat. And there was always a napkin. And if the, when the master was finished with his dinner, he would get up, and he would take the napkin. He would wipe his hands, wipe his face and his beard, and he would wad the napkin up, and he would throw the napkin down on the table. And the significance of the, or, and, and this, this told the servant that the master was done. I'm finished. So you, then the master, or then the servant would come, and he would clean the table up. However, if the master was to get up and take the napkin and fold it nice and neatly and lay it by his plate, the servant would not dare touch the table because that's significance. It says that I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm not finished yet. I'm coming back. I'm not finished yet. So Jesus was telling us that day when they came in and they saw the napkin nice and neatly folded up at the head. Jesus was saying, I'm not finished yet. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm here to tell somebody today, Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. He's not finished yet. Thank you, Lord, mighty God. He's coming back. He's coming back for his church. He's coming back for the bride. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. 
Thank you, Lord. Can somebody just shout with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, God. He's coming back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. It tells us in Revelations chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. Every eye shall see him when he comes back. Every single man and woman on the earth, it doesn't matter if you live for God or if you're not living for God, Everyone will see him when he comes back, and he will come back as a cloud, in the clouds. Thank you, Lord. It says, and they also which pierce him. They also which pierce him. So not just us, not just believers, not just those baptized in Jesus' name and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're not the only ones that have seen, we're going to see him, but even those that have sinned against him, those that pierced him, those that deny him, every single person in the world's going to see him. He's coming back. I'm here to tell somebody today he's coming back and it says and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him everyone's going to be crying and I'm here to tell you those that are of us that are ready for him to come back those that are of us that are seeking for his return we're going to be crying in happiness and joy because we know what's about to happen but I'm here to tell somebody those that aren't ready those that are denying Christ those that, that don't believe in him, I'm here to tell you they're going to be wailing because they, they're, they're like, oh, my God, he, it is real. He's come back, and they're not ready. I'm here to tell somebody today we got to be ready because he's coming back. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, God. It tells us in John chapter 14, verse 2, Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have not told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. He's just up there preparing a place for us. Amen. He said, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. I'm here to tell you Jesus is coming. He's coming for his people. He's coming for his bride, the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will come again, he says, and receive you unto myself. That where I am... There you may be also. Praise God. Jesus is coming back. If you go down a little bit further, in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And then he says, because some people will say, oh, he's just the son, but he is God manifested in flesh. The the the. Everybody talks about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is no Trinity. That's not in the Bible. They're one. The Father is Jesus. The Son is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. Those are his titles. He's just one. His name is Jesus. He said, if you have known me, you should have known my Father. And for henceforth you know him and have seen him. You see, because they saw him right there. They seen the Father. It's Jesus. Praise God. He tells us in John chapter 25, or John chapter 20, I'm sorry, verse 30, I and my Father are one. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
God manifest in flesh. He was 100% God and 100% man. Hallelujah. He was the Father. He's the Son. He's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Father is God and, 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 and the Son is God on earth that dwelt among us and the Holy Spirit is God in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. It tells us, for the Lord himself, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout in the voice of the archangels and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then, he, then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall live, be forever with the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus had defeated death. Therefore, we have defeated death. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. When the Lord comes back, I'm going to be ready. We got to be ready. Amen. Because I'm going to go to heaven and live with him forever and ever. And I'm going to magnify him. I can't wait till that day that he comes down and he takes up his church, his bride, and we're all up in heaven and we're praising God and worshiping him. We have a new body, a mansion. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so good for us. You see, our soul is going to go one of two places because this mortal body is temporal, but our souls last forever, and it doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you, you can have everlasting life or everlasting death. And when the Lord comes, I want to have everlasting life with him. I want to spend eternity with him in heaven. I don't want to have everlasting death in hell. Thank you, Jesus. Our souls live forever. That's a long time. That's a long time. Some people live 100, 115, 120 years old on earth, and we think, oh, that's long. They had a long life, and it's awesome. They lived a long life, but eternity is a lot longer than 120 years. Eternity is a long time, and I want to spend eternity with my God and with like-minded saints of God. All of us there worshiping him and praising him and magnifying him and having a new body. This body that we have, some of us have infirmities, some of us have things that we have going on. But he gives us a whole new body. Thank you, Jesus. I can't wait till the day he comes back. But I'm here to tell somebody today, we got to be ready. we got to be ready because he's coming back, and he's coming back soon. We we're getting closer and closer to his return, and we're living in the times, the signs and the wonders. We don't know the exact day, but we do know when the signs are here, and they're here right now. We see it all around us. We see it all around us, all the prophecies that are coming true, and all of them have come to pass except for just a few. So we know that the Lord is coming back soon, and we've got to be ready. I'm here to tell you, you've got to be ready either way because one of two things are certain, and it's not death and taxes. These two things are certain. You're going to die. You're going to die soon, or the Lord's going to come back soon, one or the other, because we don't live forever. So either, and you never know when your time comes. You never know when your time's going to come. My mother just passed away. She was so young. She was 65 years old, and she just passed away on Palm Sunday. You never know when your time comes. So we've got to be ready. 
We've got to be ready. Those two things are certain. Either the Lord's coming back soon or you're going to die soon, one or the other. That's why we've got to be ready at all times. We've got to continue to live for God, to follow all of his ways and his statutes, to live holy and righteous life unto the Lord. We've got to seek him in all of his ways. We've got to praise him, magnify him, commune with him. We've got to have a relationship with him. The most important thing is our relationship with God and the way we have a relationship with him is through our prayer we got to be in prayer I'm here to tell somebody he's coming back he's coming back you got to be ready we got to be ready thank you Jesus and it tells us in 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 9 the Lord is not slack concerning his promises see People say, well, it's been so long. He's not coming back. He, how, how do you know he's real? I mean, and people say, well, if he's real, he would have already came back. But no, it tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men might count slackness, but it's long-suffering towards us. God has been tearing for us, for our loved ones, for us to reach out to our friends, our family, our loved ones, our co-workers, every person that we meet. It tells us that not willing that any should perish, not willing. It's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. All should come to repentance. Now, we know that not all will, but he's tearing. He's waiting. He's hoping that you're going to get out and you're going to go tell every single person that you meet. You're going to tell your friends, your family and your loved ones. It doesn't matter your co-workers. You're going to tell them about Jesus because it's not his will that any should perish but how are they going to know unless we tell them praise God we got to get out there we got to get out there and minister to every single person that we know I tell you what there's one thing I regret more than anything as my mother passed I tried to share the Lord with her I tried talking with about God many times but I did not press hard enough it's like I did not try hard enough and I feel that in my heart but I was thankful that the last days that I had with her I was able to minister to her as she was lying there and she heard and she was able to, to comprehend but I'm here to tell you don't be too late make sure you tell everybody make sure you share Jesus with everybody share what he has done for you where he has brought you from the depths of despair and hell that you might have been in and, and he delivered you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light and out of your darkness and into the church body his bride that he's coming back for and share with them how much God loves every single one of us. He loves, it doesn't matter, even those who, who sin against him, even those who blaspheme and say he's, even those that say God is not real, they don't believe him at all. God still loves them. God still died on the cross for them. His grace and his mercy is sufficient for everyone. It's renewed every day. Thank you, Jesus. And don't ever look at anybody and say, oh, they're too far gone. Oh, they're too far gone. I don't know. That person, they look like they're on drugs and alcohol, and they're all tattooed up. And I don't know, man. They just they look kind of all crazy. I don't know if God can save them, but I'm here to tell you, if God can save me, he can save them. I once was like that. I was once on drugs and all kinds of mess, but God saved me. Praise God. Don't ever look at anybody and think 
think they can't be saved. God can save anyone. Praise God. He's not slack, though. He's not slack concerning his promises. He promised he's returning. He's coming back. He's been tearing, hoping that you will get out and, and share him with everyone and, 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 and your family, those that aren't in church. Minister to them. Minister, don't let one day go by without ministering to them in some way. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it tells us, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loves the church. And he gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he may present to it, uh, it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. We need to be a holy and righteous church. We need to follow after God in all of his ways. If God, We need to love what God loves and hate what he hates. That's my definition of holiness, to love what God loves and hate what God hates. And if you love what he loves, you're going to follow all of his rules and his statutes that is in his word because God is the word. The word was made, and the word was made flesh. God is the word. God is Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But he's coming back. He's coming back for his church, for his bride. Even in the Old Testament, they, they knew this. Even in the Old Testament, it tells us that he's, come, that, that the, that he's coming back. For his bride. It tells us in Isaiah 54, verse 5, it says, For thy maker, thy maker, God, he's the maker. He made it everything. He created the heavens and the earth and everything in between. He created you and I and everything. Thank you, Lord. Thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, he sh shall he be called. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, I know you're coming back, and I want to be ready. we got to be ready for the return of God. He's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for the church body. Hallelujah. And I thank God. I thank God every day that he has saved me. I thank God. Thank you, Jesus, for the church body. And it tells us in Revelation chapter 19, <clears throat> John of Patmos, as he saw the vision, He's in Revelation 19, verse 6, he said, And I heard as it were the voice. And I'm getting ready to close here. If Sister Warner or somebody could play some closing music, I, I promise I'm closing here. It says in verse 6, And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, and saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. The church, well, I'm here to tell you, we've got to be ready. We've got to make ourselves ready because the Lord is coming back. I'm here to tell you, death could not hold him down. He has risen. He has gone up to heaven and he is preparing a place for us right now as we speak. Preparing a place for us and all those that have died that have lived for him, he's preparing a place for them as well. Hallelujah. And one day we're all going to go up to heaven and rejoice. 
Thank you, Jesus. It continues. It says in verse 8, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto them, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Hallelujah. I'm ready. I'm here to tell somebody I look forward to the return of God right now. I'm looking forward to him returning every day because I'm ready. We've got to be ready, church. We've got to be ready because he's coming back soon. He's coming back for his church, for his bride. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. I want to open up this altar this morning, and I want to invite you down to the altar to magnify him with me, to lift up holy hands unto the Lord this morning. We've got to seek him and all of his ways and his holiness and righteousness. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Lord, make us ready in this place. Oh, Lord, make us ready in this place, Lord. Oh, God, we come before you as your church body, as your bride, God. Lord, help make us ready, Lord. We got to seek him today. Seek all of his ways. Let us commune with him together this morning. Let us magnify him. Let us worship him. Let us praise him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, mighty God. Thank you for listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audio Cast. 